Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you have any cheese at all? Senseless waste of human life. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to look back on the 4 1 win over Wickham that saw us through to the next round of the FA Cup and look ahead to Thursday's crucial Premier League clash with Liverpool. First up, we have Seb Short. Seb, mate, how are you doing? I'm very well. Am I meant to be re- pretending that we're recording this straight after the game or are we letting people know that it's. <laughs> what, what happened, Seb? Um, Brendan swore a lot and deleted everything. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, yeah. This is this is round two. This is second attempt at this pod because I deleted the running order. We had internet problems. We lost our celebrity guest. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think the world was telling us like just just abort mission and go again tomorrow. So here we are. <laughs> Joining said myself for, for round two of this podcast. Uh, last minute sub uh, due to those technical difficulties is General Franco. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not quite Anthony Costa from Blue, but I'll um, I'll do some boy band singing if you want. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one. We've had HG's crooning, which I sadly missed out on the other night. Um, so I've just been putting together a record deal for HG. Been putting together like a demo tape, and I'm going to send that off to the major studios. He's he's a triple threat because you've seen you've heard his Hoybier rap. Now you've got his <laughs> um, crooning. What do we need next? A bit of R and B, maybe, maybe a bit of um. It? <laughs> reggae, reggae, is, <laughs> reggae. But is Roxette is Roxette really crooning? I thought crooning was Frank Sinatra. Roxette, the way more... he did it, it was like his version, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, anyway, well, well, here we are. So let's start as we always do with the lineup from the Wiccan game, which was which was just which has just finished. Um, <laughs> Seb, any surprises in the lineup? I mean, we're used to not seeing Delhi now, so it's not really a talking point, but. Um, where were the most surprising changes for you? Was it was it the defence? Do, do you know what? That just just occurred to me. You saying there was no Delhi? I didn't even notice. Um, yeah, there was no Delhi, um, but I don't think that matters anymore, unfortunately. Um, and I think it was the lineup was to be expected. Um, maybe Toby starting now tells us that he is, you know, definitely not a Premier League starter at the moment, and. and 
potentially Rodon is uh, is going to start ahead of him. Um, apart from that, I think it was um, what we expected. The unfortunate thing is the Winks and Sissoko um, pivot in the middle that I don't think offers anything. But I'm sure we'll come on to that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Franco, how about you? I mean, we, we spoke in the Patreon chat before the game. They almost looked like a Poch lineup because Poch didn't take the, the domestic cups too seriously. And this is sort of like our B team. Um, what, how were you feeling when you saw the lineup? Uh, no, I wasn't surprised. We've got a, a much bigger game coming up on Thursday. And mm. I think, no disrespect to Wickham, but they're bottom of the league for a reason. They cause us some issues, but I think we, we, we shouldn't take that game too seriously and I think that the changes we made were absolutely fine it wasn't the most attacking lineup because you've got Tanganga and um, Davies so you've, you've not really got the attacking fullbacks which is weird because I know Aurea I think was a bit um, unwell I think he had a cold but um, he was on the bench so he was there as an option but we went with Tanganga and then just like the you know Bale hasn't been on great form Lucas hasn't been on great form so it did look like not the most attacking lineup when you consider that Winks and Sissoko pivot in the middle. So there was probably some concerns about that, but all the big guns are on the bench. Um, so they're to be used if we needed them, which we did. Yeah, <laughs> we did that second half. Uh, on their goal, uh, Seb, it was, it was quite an opening first 30 minutes. We probably should have scored in, in the first sort of five minutes with uh, Bale had a good chance. Um, they had a header, which Hart clawed away. Um in terms of their goal, though, I mean, who would you blame for that? I mean, Toby got very tight to Ikpiezu. Uh, sorry if I can pronounce that completely wrong. Um, was did he get too tight, or was it the defence not coming back quick enough to to help cover? Where 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 do you place the blame for that goal? I I, I blame it. I, I blame Toby. Um, I think yeah, he did get far too tight. I don't understand what he was doing. Um, the evidence of that, not only in the goal, was in the second half when Akin Fenwer came on, who who's even more of a handful physically than uh, Ikpiezu, is that they let him have the ball. They let him win the challenges. There was an instruction. It was really clear to see: don't challenge him for the ball because you'll you'll lose and you could get hurt. Um, but why they didn't? He didn't follow that the, the first time because the issue, the problem is. Not the problem. The, the the fact is, if those types of players win the ball, that's about as good as they can do. They don't know what to do when they win it. So let them have it and then challenge them on the ground. He got far too tight um, and the, the ball came across and the whole defence got sucked over. So I saw on the Patreon chat people blaming Sanchez. Um, but he was caught out of position because Alderweire would let Ikpiezu win the ball, turn and get the ball across. So for me, you, you, you blame Toby for that, unfortunately. It's strange. Like we, we've said on this pod so many times that he's our best defender, but there's obviously something wrong. Jose's not playing him for a reason. No, I, I think Toby's never been a physical dominating defender. He's, his ability to, to read the game is what has always put him at the sort of top echelons of um, centre-backs. And, uh, you know, it's very rare these days that you play against teams with big units up front. So it's not mm. something that, you know, modern top table teams have to deal with on a regular basis okay when you you play certain teams like Burnley you have to deal with Wood who's quite a big guy but and you know there's people like Andy Carroll around but they're still not quite the same they're not really all about putting themselves into every single challenge and shielding that ball and I think he just struggled with the physicality of it um that's all it is um, I, I don't know why he's been left out of the team and to be honest I wouldn't be surprised if he played against Liverpool because for me he's still our, our best defender best centre-back um, so maybe it is just a case of him being rested for a bit. Maybe he's uh, 
Jose is just trying to prove a little bit of a point. And I think that's it. Jose does these little things, drops players to try and motivate them. I think he's just continually trying to motivate and stimulate some kind of <laughs> feeling within the squad. So I wouldn't look into it too much. Like I said, I imagine he'll be playing on Thursday. Surprised if he won't. Okay, we'll get on to the, the potential lineup uh, in the Liverpool preview. Sticking with you, Franco, I think it was very important that we got that goal first half, just to sort of for us to approach the second half in the right way. I mean, we hit the bar twice. We were just we were just quite wasteful, I thought, with our chances. But um, thankfully, just before half time, the quality did shine through. It was a good ball in from Lucas and and Bale. He's got, he's got those instincts still, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he absolutely does. Uh, I know he was just about time in the run and, and kind of seeing where the ball was going to go. And he didn't really do anything in terms of changing the, the direction of the ball. He just put a little bit more on it, didn't he? And mm. the keeper was maybe kind of anticipating it going elsewhere and just didn't do anything. So it was exactly the right finish. Um, but yeah, we did have chances in that first half. Yes, we did hit the post. But I mean, that first one was a deflection. Let's be honest, like Sissoko was putting that as close to the centre of the goal as he could. <laughs> and it deflected and hit the post. And then... The other one was what Tanganga's Tanganga, header, yeah. wasn't it? Which was, it was unlucky. He didn't really have to attack the ball too much. He just kind of fell to him and he got it on target. And yeah, any other day that would have gone in. But I felt like in that first half, we had quite a few chances. There was one that Bale took on his right foot, which he just kind of slightly slightly missed the wide of the post. And um, we were we were knocking at the door, but that bit of quality wasn't quite there. Um, but I wasn't really worried. I don't think that Wickham were good enough to cause too much of a threat. Um, that you know they caused us some issues maybe in defending and we didn't look too strong in defence but that's more to do with physicality than ability and I think that it was all down to us just taking chances in the end it was a bit of a shame in the end that you know the team that we put out there wasn't quite good enough uh, I thought Lamella was putting strings as he does but you know he's been in and out so you can't expect too much of him but generally I thought it was a positive first half performance if you know, we had gone in one nil down. <laughs> the second half might have been a bit different, but the fact that we got that goal was was really important, and and yeah, set us up for, for winning the game in the second half. Seb, second half. I mean, we, we totally dominated. I thought I don't don't remember them having really a chance of note. Akin Fenwa came on, as Franco said, but even then, I think they just got a bit knackered. I think them not having played for sixteen days uh, probably got to their legs a bit, but. It was still quite nervous. It was still like we were missing chance after chance. And then in the last five minutes, we get the goal. And um, But it did take us having to bring on our four best players for that to happen. We had Ndombele, Hoybier, Kane and Son all came on. It doesn't really bode well for our B team if, if we have to do that against the team bottom of the championship. Um, I'm not quite sure about that, actually. Um, I, I thought about this in, in the time that that we've had to digest the game, Brendan. <laughs> it's uh, just finished. Last but um, I thought, actually, there's a couple of points to, to make, it, which is, number one, Jose doesn't fuck about. And I like that. You know, we needed to win the game in 90 minutes. Bring on the players that are likely to win you the game in 90 minutes if, if the original lot can't get it done. So that's the first point. The second point is, when you are effectively changing your full 11 it's hard for those players or harder for those players who are trying to impress to impress because they're playing with other players who aren't of the, the first team level that, that we would want. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So if you're going to change your, your full 11, you're asking everyone who's attempting to impress, maybe not 100% fit or match ready to, to, to come in. If you were to do that with one, two or three players, let's say, for instance, Gareth Bale played well last night, but 
a Gareth Bale would have played even better, I feel, playing with Son and Kane from the start. But when you're playing with Lucas and Lamella, who are also trying to impress, it, it it's difficult. It, it gets a bit turgid. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. But it's also it's, it's lack of playing time, isn't it? Lamella's coming back from injury. Lucas has hardly started many games this season. Same with Vinicius. It's you, you're right. You've got players that are rusty and have got that pressure of trying to prove something. On a side note, Franco, we did see a shift in formation and personnel at half-time. Quite a significant one. And he sort of sacrificed Tanganga to bring on Hoybier into midfield uh, and push Sissoko to right back. Did you feel sorry for Tanganga with that? I don't think he played particularly badly, but what, you make, what did you make of that one? No, I thought it was very strange. I don't really like Sissoko out wide. And whilst I've already said, I didn't think the midfield was really great with Winks and Sissoko and clearly Hoybier is fundamental to our team at the moment if he's the first sub that gets made. But I was surprised that it wasn't just a straight swap for Sissoko or Winks. And I, I don't know that Tankanga did anything wrong in the first half. I thought he was all right. He was getting forward. Uh, he was relatively sound defensively. And my concern is that after kind of being hyped when he first came into the squad and Jose talking about how great he, he you know he was and the potential he had he's not really been used much this season and i just think it's really disheartening if you're a young player trying to break into the squad you get 45 minutes and you're the one that basically gets you know t- taken off at half time and then have Sissoko put in your place it was just an odd one and even then you've got you know Aurier like i already mentioned sitting on the bench as an actual right back so it was surprising for me, but you know it worked out. So you can't really argue with it too much. But yeah, for, for Tank Anger, it's, it's not great. And if Rodon's ahead of him now and Sanchez is even ahead of him then as, as a centre-back, which is where he prefers to play, then you do start thinking, well, does he want to get loaned out and maybe have an opportunity to play a bit more football? Yeah, I think I read something about that today. He said, do you think that, that Tanganga will, will look for a loan, uh, at least for the rest of the season, and, and just get some games under him? I think that's what he needs more than anything. Uh, yeah, I, I, if I was Tanganga, I'd be looking at Oliver Skip as a as a for instance, and thinking I could do that. I could, I, he needs to get fit. I don't believe he's a hundred percent fit anyway, but a mm. run of games help helps that. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd if I'm him, I'm looking at it. But whether we can afford to let another homegrown player go for the for the quotas, um, I don't know. But I, yeah, I, I did feel a bit sorry for him, to be honest, because I don't think he did anything wrong. Who knows? He might have had a little knock or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, and Franco, I mean, Winks does get some stick on the pod, uh, and rightfully so. I don't think he really delivers enough for a player wanting a sort of regular place if we are going to be challenging for top honours. What did you think of his game? Because uh, other than the his failed Anderton Sheringham corner routine, which he skied, um, <laughs> He, he was all right. I and mean, he got man of the match from Sidwell. I'm not quite sure about that. Jose as well was a bit like, oh, all right, I'll take Sidwell's word for it. But he was complimentary of Winks and he did take his goal quite well. Yeah, I agree with those. Um, I'm not sure what Sidwell was on about. I listened to his commentary and just wanted to turn it off to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Winks got it. Yeah, and watching the interview afterwards with Winks, it was he did kind of make that point. I'd you know prefer to be playing more and he said it in a kind of an arsey way and I was a bit like, well mate, you need to play better. There's just there's lots of things that Winks does relatively well and there's a few things that he doesn't. And there's just so many moments. Like there was a time when he played a one-two with Sun and the ball just needed to be nice and cushioned and he overhit it and there's just little passes here and there that aren't quite there. And like you say, that that corner, when he hit that, 
shot from the corner, I was just like, mate, come on. Like, you can't work a corner like that and then sky it. Like, literally, that would have, if we were in the new stadium, that would have hit Simon Burrow's seat in like row <laughs> 70 or whatever he's in. It was mental. Um, so then when he scored that goal, I had absolutely no faith. And on his left foot, I was just like, oh, there's no way. And he killed it quite nicely. I mean, it wasn't right in the corner. It wasn't perfect, but it was far enough away from the goalkeeper in that gap. So I was pretty surprised, pretty shocked even. Um, and it capped off, yeah, a fairly decent performance. Like He wasn't all sideways, which gets thrown at him a lot by certain people. I thought he was quite positive at times, but that first half, him and Sissoko together again, they were part of the problem. It's just, we need players that are a bit more comfortable on the ball. And whilst Winks kind of tries to do all the things you expect from a midfielder, I, just, I still don't think he's quite got the ability to do it. We need someone who's really comfortable on the ball um and and can make things happen and as much as winks tries and tries and tries i just i I don't think he'll ever be good enough to to be a first team player at spurs however much he wants to be Mm. yeah i remember the post-match jose was saying about uh that um he used the words horizontal passing as opposed like (laughs) you mean forward jose like (laughs) as opposed to sideways but he's obviously aware that that's a criticism of winks because he wouldn't have brought it up in the in the presser um, yeah. Seb, we then got to see the Tongi show. I mean, everyone, uh, of the two goals, I mean, everyone raves about the second goal, and it, it was probably the most eye-catching. But the first one, I was a big fan of the first one as well. Just to hit it first time, and Rio Ferdinand was talking about the nonchalance of the finish. Um, but he's in the form of his life and bringing me with confidence right now. It's, it's so good to see, isn't it? It's it, it's marvelous. It really is. Uh, I. Uh, you know we've we've got someone there, and and thank God because he, he cost an absolute fortune. Um, <laughs> but I, I, you know I think I think we were all worried, yeah, you know, this time last year that that we got a bit of a dud. Um, but he's he's really coming to the fore. Actually, even before he scored the goals, there was a pass. I think it was Davis, maybe, and he was uh, Undermele was out on the right, and it just the pass came over his shoulder, and he just took it down. On his on his right foot, just just straight, and then play the ball through. And it was it, he just does things like they don't matter, like they're not important. And that actually, in when he's not playing well or when he hasn't played well previously, is half his problem because he does things with the minimum of fuss and the minimum of effort. So if you if you're looking like is he trying? When he's having a bad game, it comes across like he's not bothered and he's not trying. But actually, even when he's playing well, it looks like he's not really, you know, he's at 70% or something. And and that was evident with both the goals. They, they were nonchalant. They were almost lazy in their movement, and it just but just so clever. Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm delighted because I think he's going to be more and more important in this team. So of, of the two, which was your favourite goal of his? Uh, Probably the first one as well, actually. Just the, just the way he, he finished it, just so casually. <laughs> it was it was just like, boff, like, I can just do this. Uh, Franco, how about you? What, what were your pick of the goals from Tongi? Yeah, I mean, they were both decent goals. I'm not, I, I wasn't too excited by either of them, if I'm <laughs> honest. Like, he's a decent player and that's the difference, isn't it? It's like you, you get Sissoko with a shot on the edge of the box and he's just trying to get it on target. And that's the difference. Between, I, mean, I don't understand how anyone is a professional footballer and they can't at least get it within like a metre. Of, of where you want it to be and Tongi is a top quality player I agree with Seb like he he makes it look like he's standing still when he's walking he's he's that lazy it's um and and it's weird like you watch him and it doesn't look like he's putting in huge amounts of effort even when he's busting it past people and doing skills and stuff but so I think we just need to give him um the time that we have 
and he's you know and he's repaid that by by sort of putting in performances and scoring goals now really we just need to see more of it in the league and we need to see him starting to dominate games against top teams because again it was Wickham and I would fully expect him to be able to do that um so yeah it was it was it was a great goal uh sorry both of them were great goals um and yeah I'm, I'm glad that he's putting in these performances now I tell you who wouldn't have signed Endembele if he'd been given the opportunity, would have been Alex Ferguson because it always comes up about uh, how he didn't sign Jordan Henderson because he was uh, told that that he didn't like his running style. And if you've ever seen anyone's running style not look right at all, it's Ndombele when he's busting a gut. His head is like two meters in front of his ass, and it, it just doesn't just doesn't look right at all. But that's the uh, that's the thing with him. He doesn't look quite right, but everything he does works. Yeah, no, that's the thing. He's not a graceful player, but he does things that graceful players do, doesn't he? You know, like well, you watch someone. Uh, I'm trying to think of a really graceful player now, <laughs> but do you know what I mean. It's just um, he, he he looks a bit awkward when he does things, but it's it's effective. Berbatov, Berbat, they've similar touch to Berbatov, but Berbatov was more graceful. Is that one? Yeah, fine, but there's got to be another player <laughs> in the last ten years. <laughs> He's not the only graceful player in the world, but yeah, you know what I mean. It's just he's 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 an odd player in in the in the way that he can, you know in the way that he runs and the way that he plays, but um, it, it's effective. So fair play. Mm. A word on on Gareth Ainsworth's uh, fashion sense. I mean, it's kind of like you know, a bit like mate. Like, you, 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 are you trying to be rock and roll or are you trying to sort of? It just I don't know if I was I don't know if I liked it. I mean, you you either tracksuit or your suit. Like there's no middle grill. There's no like Guardiola with his hoodie and stuff. Like there's, there's no middle grill. Like what what did you think, Seb? I, I don't mind it. Listen, where I come from, uh, just just the other well, where, where I live now, just outside Stoke on Trent. My local team's Port Vale, and he is their record signing and their record sale, and he's an absolute hero. So round the <laughs> no one will say a, a bad word about him. Um, I don't mind it at all. Each to their own. What, yeah. what does it matter what he wears? Yeah, but what off. is he a singer in a band or something? Isn't it? Yeah, he's a rock singer. Yeah, the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, they're from they're from my neck of the woods, so no. But it's yeah, it was an odd one. It wasn't a particularly nice leather jacket. I didn't think it looked a bit dated. I was just thinking, what is this? He's just like, right, I'm going to be on TV, so I want to like really push my my rock my rock and roll credentials. Fair play to him, like, you know, he's done well with that team. But it was an odd choice, especially because it looked absolutely freezing, and like he wasn't even wearing a scarf. <laughs> he's odd. From the darkness. Um, so we're through, guys. We got Everton in the next round. Um, how are we feeling about that? I mean, we can't really complain given the the, the easy ties that we've had in uh, in cup games so far this season. So um, are we confident with that one, Seb? I mean, they're one of the three teams that have beaten us this season. Yeah, not confident. Uh, I don't think you can go there confident of a win. Um, look, we're in good form as well. Um mm. Uh, but they they're, they're a handful. I think they 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 are good one to eleven. So it depends what what teams are put out. I don't think we'll we'll see a similar team to what we put out last night. Uh, I mm. think we'll, we'll go with the big guns. Um, and you know, there's a lot of fixture congestion now for 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 a lot of teams. So it will depend on who's fit and uh, and what elevens are out. But um, I think it'll be a very close game. Uh, in terms of being confident, it's, yeah, they're a difficult. <sighs> difficult team to play Everton you know they're up there I think this season it's the fact that everybody is beating everybody and you can you can never tell really like who is on form and who isn't because the team will go on a good run and then they'll lose a game you expect them to win so mm. it's, it's difficult to make any predictions like each game it's just got to be taken as it is so I, I 
we can't expect to have easy ties <laughs> for every single round of the cup this year. So I think Everton, you know, it could be worse. Everton's fine. We can get through them. It's midweek and it's three days before we take on City away. There you go. So we probably won't even take it 100% seriously. And the thing is, like, we're in one cup final. We're still in the Europa League. He's like, FA Cup is probably now what, like third, fourth, fourth probably on his list. I would, yeah. I would guess Europa League's probably ahead of in terms of priority. So if we've got Man City at the weekend after, there's no way we'll be playing a full sync squad. It will be similar, similar, not the same, but similar to what we did last night. Um, I guess he'll be playing some of the fringe players, and all the all the top guns will be on the uh, all the big guns will be on the bench. I disagree. Actually, I'm looking at the fixtures in front of me now. Um, mm. We've got uh, West Brom on the sixth, but I think that will get moved because the fixtures say Chelsea on the fourth and West Brom on the sixth. So I'm guessing the West Brom game will get pushed back a day, and then Everton midweek uh, on the tenth, then City three days later. However, after that, there's a five day gap, and then we play Wolfsburg away. So uh, or Wolfsburger, I should say. So. I would think that if anyone, if he might rest a few against West Brom at home, and then have two games where 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 the first team are out, Everton in the cup, Man City, and then you know if anyone needs a rest, Wolfsburg away would be the the one where they where they're rested. That's what I would I would suggest. So moving on to the next game on Thursday is against Liverpool. Um, they're currently fourth in the table on 34 points, a point and a place above us, having played a game more. Uh, they've won nine, drawn seven, lost three. Their last last run out, they lost 1-0 to Burnley, ending a 68-game unbeaten run at home, uh, stretching back to 2017. Uh, Mo Salah's obviously their top scorer, and indeed the league's top scorer with 13. Kane is one behind. And as always, Klopp likes to play his 4-3-3, um, but they do have injury issues at the back, which is hitting their form up front, bizarrely. Um, Franco, I mean, their form is poor. They're not scoring goals. They've not won a league game since before Christmas. Is this the right time to play them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's obviously both sides of the argument here in that they've due a win, I guess. And the other one is, yes, they're not great at the moment. They're struggling to score goals. But if you look at their run of results, starting with, with Newcastle, they haven't scored, what do you say, four games now in, in the league anyway. So that Newcastle game, Southampton, where they lost 1-0, and then they smashed Villa in the cup. Uh, then a ball draw, with the most boring ball draw against Man United. And then Burnley. Burnley basically used our tactics that we tried to, to um, play against them earlier in the season, but did it successfully. And... Um, Liverpool absolutely smashed them that game. They had so many shots, so many opportunities, but Burnley were just resolute, blocked loads of shots, stopped them from scoring and then snatched, snatched the winner. But, you know, the, the, Liverpool have been resting players. I don't think Salah started in that game. <clears throat> um, it was only last week, but I've forgotten already. But I think they had to bring Salah on. Um, they started off with like Shaqiri in, in sort of centre midfield. Uh, or, or you know further back, it was a bit of a mismatched team. They've got Oxlade Chamberlain back into the team. It wasn't like their best lineup, but Origi was up front as well. So they kind of didn't take it entirely seriously, and I think they paid the price for that. But yeah, they're struggling for goals at the moment. But all of the all of the games they've struggled against, they've basically just been playing against teams that are sitting back. 
Southampton did it, Newcastle did it, and you know the Man United game. Neither team was particularly um, adventurous. So I think we're going to see exactly the same tactics from Jose. I bet he's very happy with that. I bet he's looking at it going right. They're out of ideas. If we sit on the edge of our box, brilliant. I know how to do that. <laughs> so like it's just going to be repeated the last game, which I hated. I hated that first game against Liverpool. I just hate conceding that much possession. I hate sitting on the edge of our box and you know having one or two chances in the opposition half all game. But I imagine that's exactly how we'll But, play. I mean, on that, I mean, the chances that we did have were good chances. We, I mean, we talk about XG and laugh about it, but we smashed them on XG that game. The chances we had, Son had a couple, uh, Bergwijn as well hitting the post. Like, it, yes, it's, it's not amazing football, but we have amazing moments. And I think that's what, that's what we could expect in this game. Um, I said, I said, I weren't, sorry. They weren't amazing, though. Sorry, they weren't. <laughs> they weren't, weren't well crafted opportunities. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Kane's header was from a corner, great. The other ones were long balls that just like you know bounced, um, and their defender didn't deal with particularly well. It was just they were just random opportunities within the game. They weren't well constructed. They weren't like decent bits of play. It was it was it was a poor performance. We were you know a good defensive performance in the in the sense that we managed to keep them at bay for most of the game, but. It's no fun to watch, and I really hope that we, you know, we're a bit better at the, uh, on Thursday. Mm. Well, Seb, I mean, if we are, we spoke about this in the Patreon chat. Uh, if we are serious about mounting a title challenge, I mean, this this is pretty much a must-win game, surely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you you need to beat those around you, um, especially at home. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think we need to go there with the with the mentality that we're we're, we're there to win the game. I think we do that with most games, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think I wouldn't expect Franco too too much different. To be honest, I think no. we'll sit in. I think we think we've got the quality up front to to nick a goal or two, um, and I think we'll see very similar to what we saw saw earlier in the season against City and Arsenal and Chelsea and and that type of game. Um, look, we'll all sit here afterwards, and uh, and if we lose, then we'll all bemoan it, and if we win, we'll all say it was a masterclass. But I. <laughs> I think based on what Liverpool have been doing over the last few weeks as well, and as Franco alluded to with the the tactics that they have struggled against, I can't see us doing anything different. Mm. Well, <clears throat> Franco on that, I mean, their issues at the moment are scoring goals, which is strange for Liverpool, but their injuries are in defence. Um, is there a connection there? Are they trying to sort of compensate, trying to cover for the fact that there are those injuries so that the the midfield may not be pushing up as as high as it normally would under Klopp um, and the attack suffering because of that, maybe not getting the supply that it's used to. Are they playing more cautiously, cautiously do you think, at the moment? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I literally think it, it is that thing of really struggling to break down defensive teams because that was the thing I didn't get last year. Like as as good as Liverpool were, I feel like teams allowed it. Like there was very few teams that just sat there and really defended resolutely, closed down, were sharp. Teams just seemed a bit naive against Liverpool last year, and some of them were just like, oh, "Liverpool are so smashing everyone, so what's the point?" And I just watched some games and was like, "You played better than this against Spurs two weeks ago, and now you're just letting Liverpool roll, you know, roll over you." So I think this year it's just some teams, you know, Burnley this year have conceded hardly any. They're, they are the team that's difficult to sort of get mm. goals against. You know, likewise, they're not going forward too much. Uh, Southampton again, you know, they they're, they're pretty they're pretty good on their day. To be fair, Southampton and they're a very disciplined team as well. Hassan Hill's gotten playing really well. Newcastle less so. That was a bit of a dodgy result. Man, you know, Man United are on form as well at the moment. So it's like they've they've had some tricky games that against teams that can do this. 
And if if Jose can get the team playing like he wants them to, we can do it as well. Um, so I don't think it's it's due to them not having Van Dijk. No, I don't. I mean, there is a certain element of maybe they're a bit more comfortable with him at the back. But the thing is, they are dominating these games. They're playing them like they do on the edge of the box. The difference is, is that you look at how many goals Salah scored last year and Mane scored last year on the break. Like They are deadly on the break. If you don't give them that opportunity to break against you, it's much harder for them to score. And I think that's exactly what's happened mm. this season. Yeah, it's going to be low block, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah. in terms of their, their goal threat, who's impressed you most in the Liverpool team? Obviously, Salah always stands out, but is there any other player there that um, that's caught your eye this season? Mane, for me, is he's their best player. Salah's good, but I think Mane's even better. Um, but I just, just going back to what Franco was saying, uh, the, the, the key thing and what's done us in pretty much every game I can remember in recent history against Liverpool is we've had an opportunity in every game to to win the game. Mm. A good opportunity. I think back to Sissoko running through, uh, was that at the new stadium or at Wembley? I can't remember. And then we lost in the last minute with an Aldevaro goal. We had the opportunities. Uh, I think we lost 1-0 Tanganga's first game at the new stadium. Um, and Lo Celso had a chance right at the end to get, to get us a point, and that was when Liverpool was steamrolling everyone, mm-hmm. and we played really well that day. Obviously, we had the opportunities with Bergvine in the last game, and then we can see that in the last minute we have to take the opportunities that are presented to us. They will be few and far between, but they are there for the taking if we can put one away. Yeah, well, moving on to us, looking at the lineup uh, or likely lineup, we obviously we're going to see a much different team than the one that lined up against Wickham. Probably only really questions uh, in defence and who's going to join Sun and Kane in attack. Um, Franco, defensively, do you see Roden coming in? I, mean, I know we've covered this briefly earlier. Potentially, but I don't. I don't think that'd be the right choice. I think it would be Toby. If we're we're on the edge of our box, we need you know well marshaled defence. And as as much as Dyer does it, I think Toby's the one as well that, that basically glues it all together. So I don't imagine Roden will be playing. Aurier or Doherty will depend on fitness and I think like I said uh, Aurea I think has had a cold so he should be over that by Thursday so I imagine he'll be playing and left back I think yeah. Reggie will come in uh, Davies is potentially injured but I think Reggie would have come in anyway because we need somebody that has got that that pace and we need a different outlet um, for the opportunities that we do get to break so I think he'll be playing do you want me to run through the rest? Yeah why not? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll be yeah, and Sissoko. I mean it's going to be the same Horbier Sissoko then it'll be Sun uh, and Dombele Kane up front and then probably Bergvine yeah, on the right. He was on the Potentially front. Bale, you know, no, he, he played fairly well yesterday, but I just think you look at the defensive shift that Jose is going to want that player on the right to do. And I uh, did a YouTube video about it this week. I think he trusts Bergvine over the other two options to do that. Yeah, so how are you about like you and that, that attacking uh, Trident? Bale, I thought Bale played pretty well against Wickham, but then it was Wickham, but he does have that instinct. Maybe he is good for coming off the bench. Who would you go with joining Kane and Son up front against Liverpool? Yeah, Bergwijn as well. Uh, that 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 defensive shift that he puts in uh, against uh, Robinson or uh, Robertson, sorry, or Alexander Arnold is crucial. And as much as Bale played well, I thought it was his best game actually against Wickham. And I don't care about the opposition. He, he played well, mm. but I wouldn't trust him yet to 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 fall back. I, I don't even know if he's capable of it. Um, actually, to to that that defensive positioning, um, that break that that being that first man when we win the ball to play the ball out of trouble. That's what Bergvine does very well. Mm. Um, and defensively, um, I would go for Toby again, and that's based on just 
the fact that when we've played the, that low block against City and Arsenal and a couple of other times, he has been in the, in the team. So he knows what he's doing. Um, uh, and look, I think Rodon is definitely one for the future, but I, I wouldn't play him on Thursday. Hmm. Um, so when partnering Dyer, I assume, um, so certainly not no, no looking for Sanchez or, or, or Tanganga this time. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, Most people want Sanchez out of the team, don't they? They're just like, get rid of him. They're still yeah. really hoping that someone puts in a bid at the last minute for him. Yeah, it's, it, uh, we've spoken about this so many times in the pod, but it's it's so straight. It's annoying his regression. When he came, he looked so assured. He looked like a, the future of our defence. And now he's looking like, like Bambi on ice. But, when he first came, he played in in a back three, and he had uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld on either side of him. Uh, I think I'd look good. You know, they, <laughs> those they were at the top of their game, those two. And if if it, one of them dropped out, it was it was dire. So he 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 did look decent, um, and he was the cover. So you know, there were there were comparisons with Ledley King, the way that he kind of was able to get back, but he had that protection, well, multiple protection in front of him. Um, I think in a back four. His passing's not good enough. His positional awareness isn't good enough. He gets dragged and he doesn't look confident and strikers feed off that. Mm. And his biggest attribute as a defender is running back and putting in sliding tackles at the last minute against people. And he's still good at that because his pace helps him out. But like Seb just said, his reading of the game is not brilliant. His positional sense is not brilliant. And these are things which you would hope a decent coach would work with him on. But Poch couldn't do it. Jose hasn't done it. Um, and he and he doesn't look like a top quality player. Well, on that point as well, if you're if you're playing a low block, there's not much further back you can run. So it, that he's he's not actually needed. He doesn't need to do that. No, exactly. yeah, we don't we don't let people get in behind us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, cool. Well, looking to wrap things up, let's get predictions in. Franco, what do you think the score will be against Liverpool? <laughs> <laughs> Again, it's, doing predictions this season is ridiculously difficult because, there, like I said, there is no real theme to anything, is there? It's like a team will lose a few games and then they'll win. So it, it's going to be really difficult. I hope that Liverpool do struggle to score against us. I would be more than happy with a 1-0 win. I'll be bored as, but I'll be more than happy with it. So I'll go 1-0 Spurs. Sam, how about you? Um I'll go 4-1. It'll be one all up until about the 85th minute and then the ball will come out to Harry Winks and he'll curl a left-footed beauty right around the kit. Oh, sorry, that was the last game. No, yeah. um, I'll go 2-1 uh, Spurs. The crystal ball is uh, backfiring. It's not working for me. <laughs> it's because that Wickham game is just finished. It's still fresh in your mind. Um, <laughs> I immediately thought draw then, but I always want to win. So, obviously... Um, I'll go two one, but I just oh, I still think it's gonna be a draw. I think it's gonna be one of those annoying draws. Like we're gonna be one the up, eighty fifth minute, and then they get the equaliser. We're gonna have defended resolutely and some cock up and let them in. It'll be one of those annoying draws again. But I hope I'm wrong. Right, uh, still time to tell you about the latest prize from our partners at footballprizes.co.uk. Uh, the Spurs prize this week is a signed framed Lucas Mora shirt. So, Brent, are you buying, are you buying 50 tickets? Yeah, Brent? I've already bought them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always, you can get a 10% discount using the promo code 10cheese. That's 10cheese. There are 99 tickets available at 4 95 each. Uh, less so, obviously, with your discount. The draw is made on Monday, so good luck. Uh, Franco, anything you need to add, mate? Well, just a shout out to the patrons this week. It's been a good week. We've got uh, Dan Steele, James Shaw, 
John Williams, and then very generously, Keith Singleton has, uh, has donated more than the, the standard. And then Australia's most intelligent, attractive, and coolest man in the world, Mr. Nikos Balderston. I've really butchered his surname name. Oz Balderston. Apparently, he's got a Thai named after him. Um, very generous, Nick. Thanks ever so much. It's great to have Australia's uh, number one. What am I going to call him? Nick. <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Australia's number one Nick as part of the the Patreon chat so cheers Nick thank you ever so much great to have you on board yeah cheers Nick and all the other patrons thank you for uh, taking part in the Patreon chat on the match days and basically every day we just chat about football with you lot and for putting up with HG all the time because that's what we've had to do for the last couple of years and now you're taking some of that burden away thank you (laughs) we love you Patreon Seb mate thanks for joining anything to add mate not at all. I just echo what Franco said. I actually really enjoyed the Patreon chat. So the the, the more the merrier. It, it is it is kind of pretty constant, but that's the way we like it. It's good, just constant talk about Spurs and football in general, and and it's great. So the more the merrier. Yeah, and shout out to uh, Getting Worse, who, who got a bit upset how negative we were yesterday. It was like, Christ, that first half performance wasn't something to get too excited about. But yes, you were right. We were going to do it in the end, and we did. Yeah, we did. Our patrons know their shit. Uh, Cheeseheads, do listen out for a review of what we hope will be an emphatic win over the Red Scousers on Thursday uh, from Franco and the European crew. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, follow us on our socials and where you get your podcasts. And as ever... Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.